Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm so happy to be here today with a colleague from the field and also a really great um, advocate for directors and teachers and kids. Um, today, we're going to talk about something that's really near and dear to my heart and to her heart, and also really in the forefront of everything that's going on in childcare right now, and that's the child care staffing crisis. And so I'm grateful for um, Margaret Mahold to um, join us today. And she is the director of Calvary Child Care Center. She's been in the field for 21 years and been a director for seven years. So welcome, Margaret. I'm so glad you're here. It's great to be here. I'm excited. Oh, good. I'm so thrilled that you're um, going to share some things that you shared with me when we had a conversation earlier in the um, fall. And one thing that Margaret has worked to do is try to figure out a solution to the challenges that are out there for directors when they're trying to staff classrooms and care for the children that are coming through the doors every day. And so Margaret, I'm just going to open it up to you and kind of have you share the process that you took to get to the the five steps that you ended up sharing with families and how you brought in families too, to be aware of what was yeah. going on. So I'm just going to hand it off to you and thank you again for being here. Well, um, thanks again. Uh, yes. As you said, we're in this staffing crisis and um, we, I think as directors, we went from one crisis to another crisis. We went from COVID and it just, then the staffing crisis just piggybacked on top of that. And um, the two have affected each other. But um, I actually was fully staffed for two months, and I rode that high every day of being fully staffed and enjoying every minute of it. But then just as things happen, I um, now have some openings, and it's resulted in being short-staffed like everyone else. Like when I talk to my director friends, everyone is having this issue, and it just is that stinks. <laughs> um, it, it puts direct, it's, it's hard for everybody, but I really feel for directors because they're the one doing the orchestrating and having to figure out all the solutions and it's taking care of parents and teachers and children. So it's a big responsibility. And yeah, I definitely learned some things along the way. Um, so what was really important to me at my center was to be transparent with the families and with the staff because I didn't want any surprises along the way. So when, as the short staff process like started beginning, I reached out to parents and told them what was happening. And then I said, I don't know what my plan is yet, but I'm going to come up with one. And so I had to work on it because I just didn't know what each day would bring. And so I ultimately landed on a plan that involves um, Combining classrooms, which isn't my favorite, but it's something that we can do. I work with my licensor on that one just to like understand like room capacity and things like that. So, and she turned out to be a really great resource in, in helping with that. I talked with staff, and um, some of them are willing to do extra that they're already doing, but they're willing to do more. And I'm being very cognizant to not demand more from my staff if they want if they want more and can do more. I'll take it, but I'm not requiring it. 
and then also reaching out to families and just, um, like I said, being honest with them. And um, I worked with a couple parents, and we actually now have a pool of parents that are willing to volunteer in the classroom on days that we're short-staffed. So it, and that works, and I work with my life sister on that as well, just to get everything. Um, so it's all licensing, okay, and. Um, that's fantastic. And I know that that's something that everybody listening probably went to immediately, like, wait, how could you do that? And how did you, but um, I know in our conversation when we talked about this earlier in the fall, just the, um, you're being proactive, reaching out to licensing and saying, here's what I'm proposing to do. Is this legit? Can I do this? Because you want to keep families and kids, you want to keep everybody safe. You want to keep your staff safe, children safe. You want to make sure that you're following all the expected guidelines that are put in place to keep people safe and running smoothly. Absolutely. And I'm proud of the program that I am a part of. We're a high quality center and I don't want that to suffer through this. And so we are making some decisions that are different, but we're being very intentional with them and um, making sure that we maintain that quality and the consistency as best we can for the children because that's what they need. That's what they need. And so, Margaret, do you want to just walk through You shared with me something that you had shared with families as far as here's kind of our plan. And um, do you want to walk through the plan for our listeners so that they can hear and get some ideas for their own strategies? Yeah, sure. Um, so if someone needs to be gone, um, whether it's a planned time off or that surprise call in the morning, uh, the first thing I do is reach out to the teachers and we just do a count for the classrooms for the day and then figure out if we can do some creative redistribution of staff to make them um, all of our rooms in compliance. I contact that pool of parents just to see if anyone's available. And um, So you reach out to the parent, the pool of parents to see who's available because I'm sure that changes daily too. And, um, and sometimes through that creative process of talking to the existing teachers who are in the building, that might only be as far as you go that day, because you might be able to creatively say, okay, we're going to rework things. So let's say you have that process, step one, and then, oops, that didn't work. Now what? Yeah. So that, yeah. So yeah, it's just each one, um, and every day can be a different one. So it's not necessarily like the, the five steps or whatever. And I'm, um, and then I've also like, ultimately, if I can't use my own staff, if I can't find some volunteers, if I can't redistribute, I reach out to the families and I ask if anyone can stay home and, and explain to them what's going on. And every time I've done that, parents have stayed up and said, no problem. What can we do to help? and they've kept their children home. And then because then the last step I never want to get to is closing a classroom for a day and um, redistributing the staff from a classroom. And that, so that was a really hard process for me because I kind of had to go through budgeting and look at each classroom and how it runs and all of that. But I haven't had to do that yet. So I'm very thankful for that. And it's because of my teachers and the community that I have built with our families that we've been able to take care of everything that's come away. So I think that's really important. That is really important. And I'm glad you brought that up because I do think that um, building a community 
childcare is a community of care for that child at the very center. And when you have open communication with families and that transparency that you were just referring to, people do want to help. They want to support in the way that they can. And that looks different for each family. As you noted, some volunteered to come to the site and actually be in a classroom. Others volunteered to say, oh, I can keep my child home because I can work from home. I have flexibility on some days of the week. I don't have to go to the office. And you also have built that community in your team in there trusting that you're doing everything in your power as the director who's there to support them and who has shown time and time again that you're there to support them. They trust you. And so they're going to step it up too and be there for you in those moments of need to, as you said, you don't demand extra from them, but you ask if they're open to it and, and folks are showing that they're willing. So it's kind of that perfect, perfect circle of support that you've built there. And, you know, there probably are folks out there listening who are saying, well, yeah, but, you know, we have, we don't have the pool of parents who are able to do that, or we don't have this. And I think um, what you said about having it be the very last resort was to close classrooms. And, and the thing that I thought was really beautiful when you shared this process with me is it was a process and you were, you showed families how you walked through that process so that, it's just like children when we say, here's the rule, and they, they want to know why. They want to know what, you know, why is that important? And we, and we have to explain to them, well, because you got to wear your shoes, because if we have to go outside really fast, you're going to have really cold toes and all of those things. It's the same way with uh, the families that we serve and the, those who we are part of that whole community with. And for the people that say that they don't have that pool, I just challenge them to ask. It doesn't cost anything to ask because some of the parents that have stepped up, I never would have thought that they would be willing to give up a day of work to come in. And at first, in my mind, it was like, I'll have them come in for two or three or four hours and we'll kind of piecemeal a day. But so far, the parents are like, I want to be there all day. I, you know, come in. I'm excited. And then the parents are excited about it and they talk about how much they love it. And I wish I, almost every parent had an opportunity to spend a day in the classroom in the thick of seeing what we do. That's fabulous. That's wonderful. And um, and I'm sure that for some of the younger kids, it's hard for them to be with their parents. So maybe you have those logistics to deal with too. Like where do I yep. where do I move people around? And <laughs> but the the thing that I think um, when we when we have a situation that feels hopeless, oftentimes a plan can give us hope and to to know that there's a possible solution. And I'm sure there have been days where you as that director have done all the logistics and you come to the end of that plan and you go, oh, Absolutely. <laughs> yes. it's not going to work today. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Today's just not the day. But no, that, you're right. I had, I guess I hadn't thought about it because when it all started like kind of falling apart, there was a hopelessness there. And just knowing that hiring isn't going to happen fast and it's not going to be easy. Um, yeah, you're just kind of left like going, what am I going to do? And me and the way I think I've catastrophized it, but it's going to, you know, my program's going to shut down and there's so many steps before that. And so, yeah, and so I hadn't thought of that. Thank you. But um, this kind of does put some of that in that was definitely missing. And I think what it does for the families that are part of your caregiving community at Calvary 
It helps them see the reality of the day-to-day. I think that um, something that happens often when we think about families who every day go to a child care setting, they drop off their child, and they just trust that all of those behind-the-seas cogs and wheels are all just clicking together perfectly smoothly. And what this is saying is, you know what, it takes a lot to make this happen every day. And so again, even though that the family who's reading that isn't going to necessarily, not everybody's going to step up and not everybody's going to go, oh, I'll be there. They're still hearing that process and understanding the process. And it gives them a little more respect, I think, for what goes on behind the scenes and also the heavy load that's carried by directors. And I know that you, before we started recording this podcast, you said, I want to give a shout out to directors. So here's your opportunity, Margaret, to do that very thing. Um, you're on a podcast. And so I know you wanted, you have a, a special place in your heart for directors. So, yeah. Well, so two things. I just want to um, piggyback on what you said at the beginning and parents kind of knowing more now. And that is a happy byproduct of going through this. Um, I have noticed, and the teachers have talked, they feel so much more appreciated lately because I think those parents that can't step in are more inclined to like help in a different way. Um, but the teachers are getting maybe some more gifts here and there, which is nice. But what matters the most is we're hearing parents say, thank you so much for taking care of my child today. And they're, they're just the level of appreciation and respect for the teacher has gone up. Because yeah, I think parents are realizing what we do. And so that's that was just a happy byproduct of that. But yeah, no, and then to the second point, um, yes, directors are definitely on my heart because this time it has just been so challenging from COVID and now the staffing crisis. And I know we're burning out faster than we can handle. But I hope that teachers can, or I hope that directors can know that they will get through it. But for me, what has worked is I have a group of directors friends now that are my people. We talk every week, we text every week, we support each other, we run ideas by each other because we can't do this alone. And um, so just getting getting that feedback or getting those ideas, um, but also having a group of people that get it and say, yeah, you can just say, this is my day today. And they're like, and we can kind of commiserate together, but at the same time, we can cheer each other on and say tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. And, and yeah, that community of support for people who get it is so important. So important. Well, Margaret, I'm excited about sharing this with our listening audience. I know that there are going to be a lot of people that are going to listen and say, Hey, I hadn't thought of that. Or, and I loved what you said about it cannot, it doesn't cost you anything to ask. And that's why, you know, and your point about the families that stepped up surprised you. And weren't ones that necessarily you had earmarked like, oh, I know they'll say. And that's fun to learn those new things about those who are part of your caregiving community in a child. Yeah. Well, give the parents a chance to shine and give the parents a chance to um, contribute in a way that, I mean, it might be different, but they can, they can do what they can do. And the same with teachers, like by not demanding overtime and not demanding more of them and respecting their time very ferociously that I don't want them to be overworked, that I don't want them to get burned out also shows that I care for them and that it just adds to the community of support. Definitely. Yes, 
So true. Because right now we know there's not a lot left to give if it's not already out there in the day-to-day work. There aren't like people have a lot of reserves in their back pocket saying, oh, I can give more. Because truly the, the early childhood field is maxed out. And um, as as many other fields are as well, and and I appreciate you taking the time from your busy day to podcast with me today on Inclusion Matters. And I'm so grateful for the the tips that you've shared. And I would love um, our listeners to also know that our our free coaching support is available through the Center for Inclusive Childcare. If you need that community of support, we've got a team who are willing to be there and walk alongside you with brainstorming ideas. And we've utilized that and it has been, so it, yes, that is absolutely one of the tools in my toolbox. That's great. Well, we, we are here to help and that's really what we, that's what we're funded to do. So I appreciate that you shared that too, Margaret, that you are a recipient of our coaching. And we know that our listeners are out there hanging in there every day. And we appreciate all that you do in the care, providing the quality care that's necessary to help children thrive. And that is so important. And we know it's a hard task. And so um, as we end this episode, yeah, hang in there and you're not alone and, and truly know that. And thank you, Margaret. I look forward to having you back again and hopefully in calmer, calmer times. And we can, yeah, we can talk about something else, but I appreciate you taking the time today to be with us. So thank you. Thank you to our listeners. And also if you need any other resources or tools or coaching, go to inclusivechildcare.org and we are here to help you. And also you can just call us. We love to talk and brainstorm on the telephone as well. So take care and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.